Welcome to the Lipstick Week. I'm Natalie Agnell. And I'm Nicole Mahalik, and I'm calling this my birthday show. It is your birthday show because your birthday is on Thursday. It's Leo season. It is Leo. Although your hair is looking like a Leo hair this morning. Did you do it? Um, it- I curled it yesterday. Looks so good. Look how long it is. I'm I I'm excited that it's grow that it's growing back. I miss my long hair a lot. It looks yeah, it looks really good. Thank um, you. I was hoping that uh, JJ Reddick would be on my birthday on the birthday pod. We're still we're still working on, we're still working still, on it. Still working on that. Actually, I should follow up on that. I have to follow up on that again just to see see where we stand with JJ. Maybe JJ. he could be on your birthday episode because that's September. I mean, yeah, but I don't know if he's who I choose. I want Bradley Cooper for my birthday episode. Yeah, actually you- on, on Time Hop, um, it came up that this is one of my best friends got can you see the card that he got me a couple years ago? Oh my and god, it's so cute from your future card. husband. Yeah. So we're not married yet, but you know. Nicole sent me the um hottest picture of Bradley Cooper uh wearing an Allen Iverson t-shirt and I like almost died. I feel like it's just also because he wears like the Philly sports gear and I feel like he's just like so hot. It's so like when I saw it, like sometimes I just like forget how much I used to love him. And then because like he hasn't been doing much lately, you know? Yeah. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, my God. Like and it, the fact that it just wasn't like a Sixer shirt, it was like AI. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like he like gets it. And I was like, clearly he's depressed about Ben, too, you know, and probably go to go to AI because that's all we're OK. So um, so you you have a. I have a, a very, very big announcement. Yeah, I- Nicole. And it's actually shocking. Like when we kind of talked about what we were going to talk about in this episode, the first thing she said was Nicole's shocking announcement. And we talk all the time anyway. So I was like, wait, what did I miss? And I'm like racking my brain because I sometimes like miss text messages. And I'm like, did I miss something that she told me? Like, what is it? And then so she told me and it's shocking, but understandable. So we're going to definitely talk about that later in the episode. Yeah, because I just feel like I didn't want to keep I was going to maybe reveal it to you on the pod, but I was like, you know what? No, like I just need to tell you so you could prepare yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And listen, there's room on board. So I'm just putting it out there. That's fair. That's fair. We'll talk about it. Um, But you have you had a big well, first of all. about play about card games and you're like you got an announcement so I was like oh my god you're on America's Got Talent yes well no that's that's my announcement's coming next week and next week on next week's pod we can talk about my new job yeah so yeah just a little teaser what's in the cards for me I thought I was like oh my god do you know has she been hiding the fact that she does magic this whole time imagine if that was it like if I just like opened up shop and like started just doing like magic card tricks and like I always wanted to do the thing where you look like you can levitate Amazing. Did you ever see that yeah. trick yes yeah. I think it was like surprise I'm opening a storefront in Fishtown <laughs> actually that kind of sounds like oh my ideal. god it could be like Nat in the hat Nat in the hat <laughs> Nat in the hat in her magic shop with a I white actually, bunny a yes white <laughs> but I you went on that. like your first real vacation in forever I did. So I actually got to go on my first real vacation in a really, really long time. Um, the last time I went away, I was in Florida. Like I think it was 2019. Um, oh, you went to LA though too. I went to LA, but any trip that I've taken has been like split or like has only been a couple of days. I was in LA for like four days. 
Um, I was in, yeah, I was in Florida for like four days. Um, so it it had been a really, really long time since I had a full week, um, off, uh, just completely off and at a beach. So I was in Rehoboth beach for the first time, which I absolutely adored. Yeah. It's adorable there. I love their little boardwalk and I love the little shops and, um, it's just like such a cute town. Um, I was there with Hank and his family who are amazing. We just had so much fun. Uh, I went to go see Pamela Stanley, who's this uh, amazing, she's, I guess, 69 now. And she's a um, singer. She's like a lounge singer, but wears like sequins and does like all the songs. And oh my God, that's uh, so fun. Yeah, she was fun. She was fun. Uh, What else did we do? My goodness. We just did like so much stuff. It was so fun. Um, but you know, you need a vacation from a vacation sometimes. Like that's how I feel. Yeah. And um, then the then the old show reunited. Yes, then the old show reunited. I went to Strathmere with Mike and Ty, and we had a blast. We were on stage singing Piano Man at the Doville Inn. Oh my God, so cute. Yeah. So Mike made Is us all margaritas and then he made us dinner. And then we were all just like hanging out, having a good time. Um, so it was, it was awesome. It's, it's great to just kind of like regroup with them and spend time together. Um, you know, cause they are like my family now, like, even though I'm not on the Mike Vicinelli show anymore, it doesn't change how much like we care about each other. So it was just great to reconnect with them and spend time and, you know, hang out, hang out with the old crew. So yeah, I mean, now I'm back and getting ready to ramp up for what's to come. And I'm, I'm really excited to tell everybody once. Yeah. I'm excited for you to tell everybody. It's been a, it's been a long time coming. I mean, I love, I always say that like, I love being a vault, right? Like a steel vault. So like, yeah. like I like keeping secrets. So I'm excited to finally be able to talk because people text me all the time. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. We don't talk about it. Can't tell ya. <laughs> Um, but Mike is going to be eventually on the show. We got it. Cause he, I actually ran into him in the hallway and he yeah. was like, what am I coming on the lipstick leg? And I was like, <laughs> Your place is, was hell. I was like, Natalie needed a vacation. She has a lot going on. I was like, so I was like, do you know how to use zoom? Are we get, you're all right with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll be great once we have him on. I hope to have him on. We should have him on as like an Eagle season, like preview, like kickoff. He'll be, he'd be great to talk to. Um, yeah. So um, that'll be fun when we finally have him on. And so obviously we're going to get into like the sports aspect, but the biggest thing that, that we really need to address is Benifer. Yeah. And like know that this is where the, the whole tagline of this po- of this podcast is where sports and pop culture come to play. And so like the sports could, is in the back right now because Benifer is at, is at the height of every, and I want to know your take on it. I am obsessed. I can't get enough. And I don't know if it's like, I feel like I'm watching a, I can't decide if I feel like I'm watching like a train wreck or if I'm like watching two people like fall back in love. Like I just can't get over the fact that it's been 20 years and they got back together. And what's also weird about them is that they still look exactly the same. Yes. So that's also what's tripping me out too, because like all they're doing like all these side by side comparisons. And I was like, neither of them have aged a single day. It's really freaky, right? But like, I think what you said is perfect because when it first came out that they were hanging out in Montana, like my first reaction was an eye roll. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like she, her and A-Rod just broke up. And listen, in JLo's defense, she has said that she's addicted to love. Like she has said it. Yeah. And so, and she's a Leo. And how weird is this? She's a Leo, A-Rod's a Leo, Ben Affleck's a Leo. Oh, is he? Chris Judd. Her, 
husband, Leo. Now, are Leos compatible with other Leos? Yes, but like it's, they are compatible because like you understand the need for the spotlight is basically what it is. It's like you both love hard, but you also like both like want to be the center of attention. So like usually Leos actually work well because they, if it's, if you're both okay, does that make sense? Like, yeah. Like for instance, like I would, I always say like, I would be awesome to be with somebody who like is also in the public eye, but isn't, doesn't compete with me. So like, right. I don't think I'd be okay with like another radio personality, but like, if it was like an artist or if it was an athlete or if, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it wouldn't make a weatherman, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that was, that would be great. You yeah. Know what I mean? So I think that like, why? Okay. So at first I was just like, we've talked about this before that most guys who are famous can't handle women who become more famous than them. And this yeah, is because it's like an ego thing. Correct. And JLo is way more famous than A-Rod. Yes. And she gets the attention. And I think that, yeah, when he was at the height of A-Rod that like it would have, but he was like, I don't know. I just think he's a sleazy cheater anyway, but <clears throat> So when they started hanging out, I was like, oh God, I've always been a Matt Damon girl. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yes. Like it was always like, who do you choose? And right. I love Matt Damon because I always am like, have I don't, we talked about this, like I'm not into the bad boys. Like I'm into like the, the, the all American. So, but there was always something about Ben, obviously that was sexy, but then like everything happened with Jennifer Gardner and he obviously had the addiction issues and like, he just seemed, he was unraveling a little bit, but then he seemed like he was like back and like. He was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm doing good. And then he was with like Anna de Arms. And I was like, well, this is weird. And then was that um, the the one who was so much younger than him? Yes. But then okay. you do moi. No, I I think you told me to before and I just probably haven't. Okay, you have to follow Dumois, which is like the most amazing celebrity expose account on Instagram. I'll share it on the Lipstick Leagues page. And um, they talked about that supposedly like Ben and Anna were fake. It was all for publicity. Like she needed something and he needed something. And it was like perfect in quarantine because all they did was like go on walks. And I was like, okay, you know, because again, you got to watch the arrangement on E because it talks about how every celebrity couple is fake. So then I'm like, well, maybe JLo and Ben Affleck are fake. Like, he needs to be in a high profile relationship right now because no, he, no one has been talking about Ben Affleck for years. Right. And he wants people to forget the fact that A-Rod was sliding into Madison from Southern Charms DMs, right? Yeah. Like she wants people to forget the fact that A-Rod happened and like he needs to be in a high profile. So I was like, well, maybe this is fake. But then we come to find out that like when you really, really, really like go through the timeline and obviously I like I went down the Benefer TikToks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they there's all these interviews, like even with her from like there's interviews with her in like 2008, 2012, 2016. And she always talks about how like she was in love with him, but like the paparazzi was so intense and the media scrutiny. Like people forget that Benefer came before Ben and Jen and Brangelina. Well, like that and were, also before social media. So that was at like the height of like the tabloid era. Because yes. I I mean, I remember following them. I mean, so Jenny from the block, JLo is like my era. Like I was obsessed with that era of JLo. You know what I mean? Like that time during like of JLo is like the era where I was like, she's the queen of everything. And like, that's who I want to be. And I guess I was like, 
probably like 12, 13. And then like that, like shortly after that. So I was like a teenager when they were dating. Yeah. And like, it's, it was just, there was a TikTok that really broke it down about how like he was this movie star from Boston and she was this like massive pop singer, movie star. And it was like, they were so different, but they were so similar. And then, so then obviously they went Instagram official over the weekend for her birthday and then he was spotted wearing the watch that she bought him back in 2002. And then she was spotted wearing a Ben necklace because they were in the South of France and now they're in Italy. And she was spotted wearing a Ben necklace that supposedly he gave her on the Jenny from the block video in 2002. Yeah. And I was like, is this like, is this real? Like, did she really keep, did they really keep this jewelry for 20 years? I was, I was wondering that like, or do you think as some sort of like nostalgia um, thing that they kind of, I'm, I'm loving like the sunbeams. I know it looks so good. I love it too. <laughs> um, as um, I'm, or did they just like go back and like, remember, like have like a memory, like, oh, remember you gave me this watch and you gave me this necklace. Like, let's recreate that. But cause right. if they actually kept that, like, I don't know. I, I don't have anything but I'm that kind of person who like if we dated and we broke up like I like to pretend like that never happened like I'm not like a oh we live on and we like prosper and like maybe I mean I hope to never be because I hope that I you know I never have to go through that again right but um I'm the person who kind of like would like get rid of everything from my last relationship just because I really value relationships so losing them is hard for me you know what I mean? Like, and I wouldn't want reminders of like love lost, especially if it was something that was like out of my control. So for them to, for her to say that like the media scrutiny and everything like took a toll on them, like that would make me sad because it seems like it was external factors as to why they broke up. Not because they didn't actually love each other. It was like, they right. couldn't, they couldn't, their love couldn't conquer that time in their lives, which is really sad. And the fact that like, you know, so I, I don't know I, I can't tell. I mean, they're going to say that they've, that they kept them for all the years. A thousand percent. And then I think, I'm like, well, actually, when you think about it, like 20 years, like it seems long, but it's not because it's like, I don't know. Like I still have my diamond earrings from when I was eight from my Grammy got them for me from best oh, in the Lehigh yeah. Valley for my No, whole I mean, time. I have all my like family jewelry and stuff. Like I have like a charm necklace and. So you know. maybe she just like put it in her jewelry box in her mom's bedroom in the Bronx and just was like. And then all of a sudden it was like, somebody find my necklace. Somebody find my Ben necklace. I, I, I don't know. But like, it. the thing that's crazy is that like, I think it's, it's, listen, I want it to be real. I want it to be real because I love love. And I like to say that I'm a hopeful romantic. I think it's rare, but I believe that some people are lucky enough to find it. And so from what I've been gathering over the past like two or three weeks, it really seemed like they were in love with each other, but the media scrutiny and just the fact that they were, they were in their early thirties when right. all was going on. And so like who you are in your early thirties and then now they're in their fifties, like it's really, really crazy when you think about that, how like they just went through shit, right? Like they were with other people, they had their children, like the whole thing. And now all of a sudden they were like, we're in totally different places. Like, but the, we still love each other. Like that's so fucking beautiful. It's like Prince Charles and Camilla, like it's crazy when you think about the fact that like 
he they loved each other and they he was forced to marry princess diana and they were never supposed to be together and like they still had this affair and then they eventually like got back together because they loved each other from they were like 18 yeah like it's and you know if you watch the crown like prince charles was a dick but like he he loved her yeah no i and i think that what's crazy when you just said like they're in their 50s what i and you know of course i have to see the depressing side of uh, everything um because i'm you know just libra is, yeah i'm a libra so, yeah you go both sides so but what makes me kind of sad is that they like missed like this i mean i guess it was meant to be so they would have their children and you know that's what people say it's like oh you know if i never did this especially with kids you know if this never went this way in my life i would never have you blah 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 but i'm just kind of like i you know it's a shame that they spent all this time apart you know that's that's what i think is kind of sad about it too I mean I'm glad that they found each other again but it's like it's a shame they couldn't work it out then but I I I don't know I don't want to get invested and here's the thing I don't want to get invested because I was heartbroken when JLo and A-Rod broke up because I thought she had finally met her yeah they seemed like they were it they did seem like they were it and I was like oh she finally met like her perfect caliber of human but maybe it was just been all along you know what I was thinking actually too um I was thinking maybe we should start a book club oh my god I would love that the lipstick league book club the lipstick league book club and I my a good friend of mine Victoria Woodall um who's on CBS3 Taste with Tori you have to check her out she does all this she's like their fun feature reporter she's amazing but she had recommended JLo's book to me a while ago about yeah like I think like probably around seven years ago and she talked about how JLo like went through so many different like levels of self-discovery while going through her relationships. Interesting. Okay. So I don't know if that should be our first book, but I want to Did read. you read the I, Jessica Simpson book? No, I have to read it. Oh, that's so good too. The Jessica Simpson book was like, I was just like, wow, this was more than I thought it could be. It was so good. Okay. Should we, should we, should Jessica Simpson be the first book? Well, you read it or how about this? I read Jessica, you read JLo. JLo. I love that. Done. Okay. And then we'll talk about it on the next episode. And anybody who wants to join us on our Lipstick League book club journey, we yeah. can like compile a list or something and what yeah, we're we'll reading right on, now. We'll put it on Instagram and have people like give suggestions. Yeah. So, I and cause that. that'll be a fun challenge too. But yeah, so yeah. apparently JLo, like it, in her book, I read it years ago. I mean, I wish I could recall it now, but she kind of alluded to the fact that you know, at any time that she was in a relationship, she always felt like she lost herself. So I okay. wonder, but I, I don't know if that's changed now, right? Because that's seven years ago. She went through the A-Rod thing. I'm just, I, I, I don't want to get invested because I don't want to be heartbroken and I don't care about celebrity couples. But again, because I idolized her in my early teenage years and she was like the epitome of perfection and beauty and greatness to me. Yeah. I just get heartbroken for her that she struggles with this, but it's like, well, a very, it's kind of like Elizabeth Taylor, you know? It like, is. And like, people always are like, Oh, she has the worst taste of men. Oh, JLo. And listen, I get it. Like the whole like overlappers, like there are people who are overlappers. I have friends that I know that overlap relationships. JLo clearly needs Cause when you look at the Ben Affleck timeline, it's like they were engaged and then they broke up. And then all of a sudden she was like, boom with Mark Anthony. And he was with Jennifer Garner literally like six months later. Yeah. Like, it's really, really weird. And again, like, will we know one day what really, really happened? I don't know. But it was really freaky how, like, 
they both were, it was like this super, super craze. And all of a sudden, like we're engaged. They had a, remember they had the wedding date set and then it was done. And then they, and then all of a sudden they were like, boom, JLo and Jennifer Gardner immediately after. Do you think, do you think celebrities might have a propensity to like, to not want to do the inner work to be in a healthy relationship? Cause there's part of me that believes that, that you need to do a lot of inner work and you know, set yourself up to be successful in a relationship. And I think maybe sometimes celebrities don't have the time or the awareness to understand that. So here's what I think it is. So I was on The Biggest Loser, obviously. Bob Harper was my trainer and I had become really good friends with his assistant. Yeah. And it was this story that made me realize why celebrities jump from relationship to relationship because they don't need to be in a relationship because when Bob was breaking up with his boyfriend, his assistant handled everything. He changed his number and the assistant is the one that like unpacked the clothes, dropped them off at the ex's house, dealt with bills that needed to be split, dealt with car, you know, loans that needed to be split. Like they don't have to go through the pain of the actual breakup, the the physical because that's painful. Breakups are painful, especially when there's stuff involved. I, I mean, my, you know, my great breakup of 2014, I can't believe it's been seven years now, um, was something that impacted me for so long because it was so painful, right? Going through that, moving all of my stuff out. I, after that, I was like, I am not going to get into another relationship until I'm sure that I'm ready. And I'm sure that this is the person that I should be with because I never wanted to go through that heartbreak again. You know? Right. But- and so I- what happens with, with celebrities is that like they're, this isn't working. So then they go, if they're living in LA together, they move to the South of France or they move to New York or they go to Miami and they live there for six months while their assistants completely change the house, get new furniture. Like they remove that person from their life and they don't have to worry about ever speaking to them again, ever having any kind of interaction again, even like with celebrities and even when they have kids, like when celebrities have kids and they get, and they get divorced, you think about the fact that they all have multiple assistants and managers. They're the ones that are doing the drop-offs and the pickups and the the flying of the kids, you know, to Wyoming and taking the kid, like, right. Like where in real time, it's like, God forbid, like people are meeting at a Wawa to like drop the kids off, you know, and you're constantly in, and like, even in regards to like, what are we doing with the kids school and what are we doing for a birthday party? The assistants are the one that are ones that are speaking to each other, not the actual celebrities. Yeah. So they never, they really can just cut it off and not interact yeah. again. But it, and that's, that's when, like, when, when my friend was doing that for Bob, I was like, and obviously he's not as big as a celebrity as any of these people. And it was still easy for him because he was able just to have her handle everything. He never, he, he decided to break up and that was it. It was just done. But I don't know if that's, if that's like good for like your mental health. No, it's not. And like, but now that I'm thinking of Ben Affleck, I'm like, I wonder, I think it's a combination. Like, I wonder if like, they really were in love and like their careers were at the height. And it was just like, they were in their thirties and it was just like money and fame. And then all of a sudden, like he gets in with Jennifer Gardner and he has the kids. And then he was just like, Oh, I'm not okay. And then he starts drinking and like all hell breaks loose. Cause that's what happens when you don't deal with your shit. Then all hell breaks loose. Do you think, um, I just lost my train of thought. Cause that was a really great point. 
that, yeah. So maybe that's what causes addiction issues in the first place. We're diagnosing you, Ben, if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. We're we getting no, to the root of your problem. No credentials, but we're diagnosing it. Yeah. We're diagnosing it. I had something, actually, I can't remember what it was. All right. Well, think of it. I like the fact that you said, you know, we're like, I'm trying not to get invested, but it's like fun. And like, I, I don't know. I just like, I hope it, I, I want to cheer for them. And like, if they get married, I bet you they're not going to tell anybody. It's going to be a surprise marriage. This is crazy. And I swear that this is true. And I've gone back and I was like, is this revisionist history? I had a dream that I was Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner's nanny. Really? This was like before they even divorced. Right. But he supposedly had the affair with the nanny, Ben Affleck. Isn't that so weird? That's so weird. I know. I don't know why. Again, it was probably because I was consuming all the tabloids and stuff, but and then when he, then when it came out that he cheated on Jennifer with the nanny, I was like, but in the dream, I, he, I wasn't having an affair with them. I was just taking care of their kids. It wasn't like anything. Yeah. And just for it to be those two people, like, I don't really think about her. I think about him a lot more than I think about her. Maybe that's why. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. So we probably should talk a little bit about, we'll talk about the Olympics really quick. Are you into the Olympics in general? I, I, I used to be, I honestly haven't had the time this so year. Really weird. It's like, I don't feel connect normally. I think I talked about this, how like Michael Phelps got me through the great breakup of 2008. Like yeah. Michael Phelps. I remember in 1996, my family and I went to Stone Harbor for the week and I brought Paul and Andrea and they wanted to like be cool and walk around Stone Harbor. And I just wanted to come home and watch the Olympics. Yes. Like normally I'm obsessed. And like, I don't know, there's something about it this year that like, I can't, I don't know if it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm busier. Like you said, it, it's busier and like, I come home at night and I just, I don't know, like, it, it's really weird. Like I want to be into it, but there's just something about it that I can't be. And then obviously this Simone Biles news. And the interesting thing about that is, and I know that you and I are going to be on the same page with this. So there's not really much to say, but like the most shocking thing is how mean people are on the internet. Like people, it's like, who cares people? It's a sport. These are sports. You don't know her. And at the end of the day, who cares? Why are you so filled with rage that you are taking this? Like, it's so fascinating to me that these people are so angry and like, want to get so mad that like, she didn't want to do it. It Well, the thing is my whole, when I heard it, I was like, oh damn, that sucks. That's awful. It's a shame that she, that she can't, you know, get out there and perform, but it's one, it's one event. She still might perform next week. And I'm like, it's one, it's not that it like, it's deep because, you know, she's admitting that she's, I guess, you know, struggling with something that a lot of people don't admit. Like, again, we just went through with um, Naomi, Uh, but I'm just like, it's one thing. Like, why are you going to try and negate the rest of her achievements and her career because of one incident it's not it's not like it's not like she she has a propensity to quit or or not perform it's it's one time it's one time and it I'm just like why are you so mad well and that's the thing I guess I just look at it like I I mean it's it sounds like such a childish thing to say but I'm just like who cares like because sometimes people would be like Tom Brady stopping in the middle of the Super Bowl well who cares like if Tom Brady's in the middle of the Super Bowl and has this like a massive panic attack. And he's like, I can't do this. Who cares? Right. I, know. I guess, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, why is this? Why are you filled with rage? If anything, I would feel bad for him. And I know people want to hate, like, I just, 
am not a hateful person. And so it takes a lot for me to hate somebody. And there's like a handful of people that obviously like grind my gears and that like, but I just, especially a stranger that I don't know, you know what I mean? Like even Ben Simmons, like to me, Ben Simmons needs help. So there's a, a big part of me that I feel bad for him because like, he can't, he can't do it. Right. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, it's like, who cares if he can't do it, then like, like we got to just move along. If, if Simone decides that she can't do it, who cares? You know what I mean? And like, yeah, Phelps is, is in uh, Japan and they asked him about it, you know, and he struggled with mental health. And he said, here's the thing with mental health. He said, it's very different for everybody. And he said, for me, I would, I actually needed the pressure to perform. And we, you and I've talked about this a lot. We've talked about it with Chris Long. We talked about it with Joy, who was on. Yeah. It's like he, Michael's like, I needed the pressure to perform. That's when I did my best. He said, however, where I struggled with and where he said, where you saw that I had all my issues was when it was over. I didn't know who I was that my entire life, all I was doing was working to be this champion. And then all of a sudden it was over. And I was like, what the hell? So he like, so he was like, that's why I meant people have to be so understanding. He was like, there are some people that like, whatever is happening in their life, it could be different than with you. And it's like, I've had a panic attack before I've had a panic attack. The very first panic attack I had was in Florida in 2019. I had no idea it was happening. I made my aunt call 911 because I was like, so if you have a panic attack and you're like, I can't do this, like I get it. And if I'm you should be grateful that you don't know what it's like to be on like it's like all these people who sit home like eating their bags of potato chips, like who (laughs) who want, you know, just think that they know what it's like to be on the world stage. I don't know. It's like I'm like, who cares? She didn't want it, she felt like she couldn't do it who the fuck cares? Like, let it go. And I was thinking, it's funny you bring up the panic attack. I kind of um, tweeted out about that. But remember, you know, as I was going through what I was going through in the beginning of the year, I had a a panic attack on the air. Do you remember that? No. Oh, yeah. I don't know if maybe I maybe I didn't tell you about it. Maybe I didn't really talk about it. Uh, Briefly, I was when I was dealing with some of the health stuff and, you know, dealing with my mental health and really stressful situations. um, Yeah, I had a panic attack on live television, but what nobody happened? could tell. Um, I think Mike went to me for something and I was in physical pain from um, the uh, uterine situation that I was dealing with which in was January. Yeah. yeah, which was crazy. Um, and I guess I was thinking about that, um, but I had had a panic attack um, a couple of weeks prior. So I think I was just like stressed and it was just kind of starting to exacerbate itself. Um, because this is, it, it, this isn't something that should have triggered me, which is why I think it was, you know, very like, you know, uh, an indication of how stressed I was and how, un, you know, not unhappy, but where I was mentally in my life. Um, and I, I just kind of froze and, you know, I'd been singing and dancing on that song on that TV show for the last three years. Like, and, and when I froze my arm, my arm started to shake and I couldn't, I couldn't stop it. And we were on live. Yeah. We were on live TV and I was, I started, I kind of started to hyperventilate, but nobody could tell Tyrone knew. Cause I like looked at him. Um, and you know, I texted Booney back at the office or at NBC and I was like, can you tell, I was like, I'm having a panic attack right now. Like, I just need you to bear with me. And, 
I said, can you tell? And he said, no, you know, because I think I was trying to suppress it so much because I was on live television that I, um, that it was manifesting in my arm and my Um, arm was just like shaking like this because I was trying to hold it together to get to the next break. It was right. It was, it was weird. It was right at the top of the show. So I only had to be on for another 10 minutes, but it was crazy. And I, when I was thinking about Simone this week, I'm like, if, if she's in that state of mind where there's other things in her life are compounding, you know, if there's mental things and physical things, when the two of those combine, if she's in physical pain and also maybe some sort of emotional pain by all the pressure that's around her, if she has an, an attack like that, when she's on the floor or on the balance beam or, or something like that, like um, imagine how horrifying that would be to be, to, and especially to have all these eyeballs on you while you're having this essentially like a mental breakdown where your mind is just like in protective mode, right? Cause that's what anxiety attacks are. It's, it's your body telling you like something's not right here. Yeah. And you I know? never knew what it was because like when I, mine was all triggered from my job loss. But the thing is, is like, I felt fine. I was like, I'm fine. Like this that's- was to happen. Like I'm cool. And I was literally sitting in Fort Myers outside on the deck at lunch with Angie and Uncle Tony and my dad overlooking the water. And all of a sudden this whoosh feeling came over me and like my heart started beating out of my chest and I jumped up and I started screaming like, my heart's beating fast, my heart's beating fast. I don't know what's wrong with me. And like, luckily there was a nurse there and she like, she like was like, you're having a panic attack. And like, but I didn't know what was going on. Like I made that. And then I had like a couple other panic. So that was like the biggest one. And then I had a couple other panic attacks and it wasn't until like, I started going to my therapist and like, she was like, have you ever seen a bunny in the forest when it spots something and the bunny freezes and then it starts to run? She's like, that's what happens to your brain. She's like, there, you could have a panic attack of something that happened 15 years ago. And it's just where whatever is happening with your brain waves and whatever trauma has been sitting in there, like you don't know. She was like, yeah, you felt fine, but like it was trauma. And at that moment, you're, you actually had so much stress. It needed to release. Well, and that's the thing. It's, it's, that's why I, I don't really, I can't really stand the, ignorance around um correlating mental health to physical health and how people don't understand how intertwined the two are because when you're not giving your body and when I say your body your physical body and your mind right your mind is still a part of your body like just that controls everything it controls everything and it's and it's all it's all you know how I love science you take it back to science it's all the different like working parts of your body that are acting together to put you in the best physical place possible. And so I don't understand how we just still like to diminish the fact that it's not one total thing right now. Like if she had a broken leg, we wouldn't expect her to perform. Like if her brain's broken, not, and I don't say that to be dismissive, but I'm saying like, if your brain's in pain, which it like, she clearly it is like, she's not going to be able to perform. It's the same as having a broken ankle. So true. And people don't get it. They just don't get it. I love that correlation. I love that correlation. We need to make that a quote, but like, I also think too, there, there was this amazing Facebook post and I wish I could find it that this man wrote about his daughters in gymnastics. And he talked about Carrie Strug. Remember when Carrie Strug with Bella Caroli and oh my God, landed on one foot. And everybody was like, you're a hero. And he was like, the fact that we expect athletes to push themselves to the brink of 
no going back, like permanent damage because we think that they need to suck it up. Like it is insane when you think that like, and it really does go, like we got to a point in society where it's like, you need to suck up the broken ribs. You need to suck up the broken ankle. You're, you're amazing. You played on a torn ligament. Carson Wentz threw that pass on a torn ACL. That's amazing. It's like, you are having a panic attack, but you're going to put, no, fuck that. Why should people literally put their minds and their bodies on the line for a stupid game that means nothing in the, at the end of the day, why do people feel like that's what tough to me? Toughness is saying I'm not okay. And I want to live till I'm 90. So I'm going to like bow out from this and like, take care of myself. Uh, Well, and I mean, as somebody who just kind of did that, it's one of those things where, um, I don't know. And I think 2020 changed a lot of it, right? Like a lot of our perceptions about culture, the way that it used to be, especially when it comes to sports for me personally have changed because when the whole world had to shut down because of a global pandemic that was out of everybody's control, it was like, you saw sports, entertainment, celebrities, like all this stuff take a back seat to what was really important in life. And people reconnected with their families. Like they were forced to spend time together. They were forced to be with their children all the time. Like, I feel like I'm hoping that as a society, we've kind of evolved. I mean, it's always, you know, the angry people who are going to be the loudest just because they're miserable, but I'm just hoping that we've evolved and that the, the reason we're seeing like somebody like Naomi and somebody like Simone come out and prioritize themselves is because they're feeling that too, right? They're just kind of like, this is my life. And I, I don't need to sacrifice myself for, for some Joe Schmo sitting in his basement in Ohio yelling at the TV because he wants me to win. Like it's not. Well, and yeah. I also think like, let's be honest, there's, there's a racial element to this too. And some guy, was coming at me ad nauseum on Twitter because I was oh that was horrible. Did you see? I I I chimed in. Yeah, I love it because you're the best. <laughs> I don't know how to respond on Twitter, but Natalie does. Natalie always knows she's the best tweeter ever. I'm always like, uh, uh, uh. but like the bottom line is, is like the whole Deshaun Watson maybe he's coming to the Eagles. The fact of the matter is, and is that like there's an he there's something not right with him, and like it is going to be really hard to root for him if he's an Eagle, and like. You need to, if you're in the media, you need to acknowledge what is going on with this dude and just be like, he's a creep. And like, he shouldn't be the franchise. He shouldn't be the face of the franchise. And the fact that like all these hosts are like, well, how's that been proven guilty? He hasn't been proven guilty. Oh, so 22 women just decided for fun. Oh, instead of going out and like having some drinks, let's all just accuse Deshaun Watson. Like, give me a fucking break. And it's like, so- it's interesting how there is a racial element to it because I really do feel like if this was a white girl, it would be different. I really do. Like people will never admit it. And I think it does go back to self-awareness. I don't even think sometimes people realize there's a racial element attached to it. Well, we've had this conversation just when it comes to Philadelphia athletes and you know, the way certain athletes have been treated like Ryan Howard, the way that he was treated here during his career, even Donovan McNabb, who, I mean, you know, sent the Eagles fan base into like, you know, a spiral and allegedly puked on the sideline, but they were saying how like he, you know, there is a different treatment of athletes when they're black as compared to when they're white. Totally. The, the black athletes get no grace. It's like, you have to be elite to be loved. And if you're not, then 
it is, it is, you are just hammered where a white athlete can be mediocre and people love them. Like we talk, like, hello, like we've talked about with TJ McConnell or like Boban or like, if you're white and goofy, we love you. You don't have to be good, <laughs> but a black person has to be elite to be respected. And it's just true. Um, all right. So let's talk really quick about the, before my big announcement, because I do have a big announcement. Yes. Um, what is your take on the whole vaccines in sports? I'm having a, like, I'm a little frustrated. Um, just again, you know, I love science and I love citing science. Um, I know that things are ch- rapidly changing, right. When it comes to the pandemic and when it comes to the, um, vaccine and we're still learning something new every day. Uh, however, I feel as though it's just personally irresponsible at this point to make a decision to put others around you at risk, especially when you're on a team and, and playing a team sport. Uh, it's fine if you want to cite that, you know, you're uncomfortable with it, but, and here's, but here's like the flip side. Like, I don't like telling people what to do with their bodies. Like that's also something that I have to like reconcile with, but I, the, what we're seeing now and the way that we're seeing the cases spike with the variant and people being unsure if we're going to have to wear masks inside again, um, all children, you know, the CDC said yesterday that we should start wearing masks inside again in certain places where the cases are rising. It's because um, as it mutates, the virus is, you know, spreading now and the people who are dying are the people who are unvaccinated because whether or not the vaccine can't prevent everything, but the studies that have been done on it will show you that it it will prevent you from being seriously ill or dying. So I feel like with that knowledge, it makes more, it makes more sense than not to get the vaccine. And as somebody who is, who would be on a team, I think I would want to do that for my team. And I, I don't necessarily understand um, why that's not discussed or why if you're on a team and you're the manager of a team or you're a team doctor, you don't sit down with the team and explain to them the science behind the vaccine and how it works and what, what the benefits are. Like, I don't understand where the communication is, is falling. And I, I know that there's always the argument, oh, it's grown men. You can't tell them what to do with their lives. You know, that's how they say, you know, they can't prevent domestic violence because it's their grown men. We can't police everybody. Yeah. But if you're part of an organization, like hospital workers have to get vaccinated because they're not going to just get to go back to work if, if they're not vaccinated. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it's a health risk for you and other people. Yeah. You know, like in your chosen profession. So, um, I, I think that the teams and the organizations have more of a responsibility to step up and kind of do the complete education tutorial on the benefits of it, because right now the science is dictating and I read it, I read it in the New York times. Like that is my Bible. The New York times is my Bible. And they, you know, the, um, it, they're dictating now that it's the benefits outweigh the, um, negative effects. And I know that it's scary, but at the same time, it's like, that's why cases are surging again, because the people aren't getting vaccinated. Yeah. It's really interesting for me because number one, vaccines were never super controversial. Obviously there has always been that, that small sect of people who have been about like vaccines cause autism. That's been like kind of a thing for like the last 15 years or so. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, when you really go back in history, I mean, people would get vaccinated at schools, like our parents they would line up and 
they would get vaccinated in school, right? Like it's why we don't have polio and mumps and measles and meningitis, right? Like, I mean, there's a reason that science is real and that vaccinations work. And one of my mom's best friends worked for Merck, J&J and AstraZeneca. And she said, people do not realize that scientists, doctors, people who work with infectious diseases, they have known about coronavirus for like 20 years. Like, they're well aware of what this is and like what was happening. Like, why do you think these major companies are constantly doing research? It's because they're always five steps ahead of everybody. And so the problem with this whole thing is that it's political, is that the whole pandemic became about politics. Wearing a mask became political, getting vaccinated became political, yet all the people that are spewing the nonsense all have w- been vaccinated, which what's how ironic is that they've right. all been vaccinated. And then they're telling the people that sit and watch Fox news not to get vaccinated. And they're the people that are dying. Um, and so I think it's also interesting from a athlete's point of view, where especially football, it's like, you know, you are, more than likely going to get CTE, but you still continue, you know, you're going to tear ligaments, you know, you're going to break your bones, you know, you're going to get lacerated kidneys, you know, your career may be over literally with one. I mean, hello, Alex Smith, right, is way more likely to happen to you. And you still are like, okay, we're going to do this, but yet you don't want to get the vaccine. That's what I think is weird. Well, it's weird. That's yeah. Because it seems so simple. Right. And it's like, okay, either you get the vaccine and God forbid you do have this rare, crazy side effect that we're still not sure of, or in the more immediate future. And what's happening now is you get the virus in a worse form and then you die. It's like, or hurt somebody else or, or, or hurt somebody else and they die. So it's, it's one of those things. And, you know, we talked about it ad nauseum last year and it was so difficult to have these conversations, especially when sports weren't around, um, you know, trying to tell people that science is science is real. And, um, when I worked at the university of Pennsylvania, I worked with cancer research doctors and I, I would just think about them and not that they, I mean, they do a lot of the same work, but I worked with this one um, doctor, Dr. Carl, Carl June, and he um, created this um, immunotherapy where you inject T cells into red blood cells, and it was actually reversing cancer um, in childhood patients. It was amazing. It, there's a video, it's on YouTube, it's called Fighting Fire with Fire. Highly recommend everybody watch it. But And the people at the Abramson Cancer Center are doing great work, but I just think about being around those types of people every day, these brilliant human beings who have dedicated their lives to science and to research and the betterment of humans. Like, that's why I'm like, okay, you want to dismiss these, these people who, who have been in school for 20 years. They're the people that are making the vaccine, not your, not your chemistry partner from, from high school. Who's on Facebook spouting nonsense. Who's like like a mechanic researchers not only did they go to school for like eight to ten years but like the whole point of being a researcher and having your phd or having your md is like you continually do work like my doctor that i go to at jefferson who's part of the women's integrative center at jefferson like all she does is like read papers and write papers and go to conferences and like do more studies like that's all she does as and see patients yes like it's so 
fascinating. I don't get, I don't get what people think that like, where the people think did like that the vaccine came from hydrochloroquine. Right. Clorox. The fact that we have like these incredible minds and these incredible scientists and yet it's just, it's just very, very, very fascinating to me. And it makes me angry because it became political and it should have never been political. It should have been about the national health of the world recently. I mean, real, really, you know what I mean? And yeah. so um, I got to pee and then I'm going to make my big announcement. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Well, <clears throat> it's time to announce. Um, I thought about it. Oh boy. And we've talked about this. We've talked about the fact that football is coming back. And we both talked about how it has made us feel very, we have no feelings. We feel very indifferent. I'm apathetic. Very apathetic. And so I found myself over the last couple of weeks creeping to find out what Carson Wentz and the Colts were up to. I followed the Colts, started watching their stories, started searching stuff about Carson. And so I'm here to announce that I'm officially a uh, Indianapolis Colts fan for the 2021 football season. That's who you're hitching your wagon to just because you're so done with the Eagles. (laughs) I've officially followed them on Instagram and, uh, let's go Colts. Now here's the thing. Are they, are they your backup team? Here's the thing. Um, my high school was the marrying Colts. And, uh, when I tell you that I bled blue and gold, I mean, I was voted most spirited in high school. And I mean, surprise I, me. Thank you. <laughs> who are, who are, who are we? We are, we are, we are, we are, we are, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> We're the Colts from MHS. <laughs> so, all right. So here's the, here's the reality of it. I'm, I'm not really cool. And so I talked about, we actually had our first artist in to the radio station this week named Ray Fulcher. I was like, you're popping our Corona cherry, Ray. I and, saw that was, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was fun that he was here. He actually wrote like a bunch of um, huge songs for Luke Combs and he wrote loving on you, which is like my favorite, favorite, one of my favorite songs ever that we play and I was like oh my god how did you and it's so funny with these country songs because I am not country right like I like the melody and so like they talk about like bobbing on a water and like smoking marlboros and like doing duck blinds I was like it's like I'm from the backwoods of Georgia right (laughs) (laughs) anyway so I was so I was making small talk before we were getting interview started and there was there was people there and um and so I was like, you know, training camp starts today. And, and I was like, but I'm a Colts fan. I'm a Colts fan. And uh, Joe Z, who, you know, who works at, at the station was like, what did he say? He was like, oh, you're a Carson fan. I go, not really. Here's the thing. I'm really not a Carson fan. It's just the fact that I'm an anti Howie fan. And I had last season was so much trauma. It was so much trauma at everything that happened from the start of them drafting Jalen Hurts. From the start of them drafting Jalen Hurts to how everything played out, even the fact that it's Zach Ertz, like what is going on with Zach? You know what I mean? Like, and and I felt like, and I also <laughs> like, I also want to be right. And I also want to be correct. And I really feel like Carson is something special and he's proven me wrong 
for the past, like in 2017, obviously he proved me right. And like, yeah, when we started this podcast, you and I were like on the Carson mountain and then we rolled down. <laughs> it's I like, fell down like we, head over heels. I bumped fell- my head 65,000 times on the way down. So like, no, like I'm not necessarily like a Carson Wentz fan. I'm just, an, I'm just so traumatized and I want to be right. And so I'm like, do I have to buy like the NFL package to like watch the Colts game? <laughs> I mean, you might, isn't there like the Sunday ticket, right? Yeah. Like, I think I'm, I don't know. I think I might have to, cause obviously, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad that I'm not excited about the Eagles. Like, I can't tell you how I used to get so excited when like it was training camp day and I'm living on Twitter and I'm watching the videos and I'm so excited, but like even their social media yesterday was like, like you can even tell they're not excited. I feel like there's just, there's just this bad, I don't know if it's like a, like a bad aura or like a dark cloud. There's just some, some sort of like haze. Yes. Um, Yes, that's the word. It's this this weird haze that you can't that like you can't see, but it's just there. Yeah, I I hope that they can get it together. You know, I could I'm I'm gonna vicariously live through you for my backup team because okay. normally my, right. my so my backup team is always hop on. My, hop on my backup team is always the Packers. Okay, well the because I love I love Aaron Rodgers, but I don't even know what's going to, you know. Yeah. But did you see, like, this is, he's such a diva too. Like the fact that he like drug out all the drama, didn't do anything. And all of a sudden shows up the first day at work, wearing his Kevin from the office t-shirt. It's like, he's such a drama queen too. I know I, my, like, I, I'm like, listen, I, I love the chiefs. I love the fact that Patrick Mahomes and, J- and I love the chiefs too. Yeah. And uh, Travis Kelsey are like, they Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes literally have been together every day in the off season. Like they're both, both Travis and his, his girlfriend are both in the wedding. All they do is hang out with each other. They're always on vacation together. They're with the baby. Like they are, I'm like, this could have been Carson and, and Zach Ertz, but no. So I don't know. The Aaron Rodgers thing. I was just like, I, I like loved it. Like, see, I've like, I love Tom Brady. Like I don't, I just admit it at this point. And I love the fact that like, did you see like when they got the rings and he's like, you know what my favorite ring is the next one. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm it's, it's kind of crazy how much, like, I like hear him, especially when they just went to the white house and I heard them speak Wait, I, like the cheese on my face. I was like, Wait, I don't we, think it could have been any bigger. And I was like, why is Tom Brady making me smile like this? My cheeks hurt from smiling at Tom Brady. Why is this happening? Well, wait, this is what you and I were talking. We were texting about it and I was like, oh my God, we got to talk about it. I know we got to wrap because we're chit-chatting a lot today, but this is what you and I were texting about was that like, the thing is about Tom Brady is that like, I, there is a little part of me that it's like Taylor Swift. It's like, they're so good at their job of being them. Being Tom Brady is a, is a profession being Taylor Swift is a job and they, they understand what it means to be the brand. And so like the thing about Tom Brady, when we talked about the white house, right. And how the, he went to the white house and he gave the speech and he cracked the joke about the votes. And it's like, guess what? He didn't go to the white house with when Trump was there, but he didn't say he wasn't going because he didn't agree with Trump. He said there was a prior personal commitment. The thing about Tom Brady that that you and I were texting about is that like, 
he does things that like he's supposed to do, but in a way that like he never picks a side, but yet he's able to get away with it. Yeah. Well, it's wild how he's able to do that. Well, you know what I I think back to honestly too, and and this kind of like pisses me off, but, but to his defense, can't even believe that they say that. Um, it technically wasn't his fault. I think a lot about the Aaron Hernandez situation. Yeah. Back then and how it, it's not like it was his job to say anything, but I kind of was like, come on. Right. You know, like right. there is, there's going to be a point where I do wish that he would take a stand for yes. certain things, especially in the NFL. Yes. It, it would be nice. Like I know that he historically has towed the line, like you said, like, and been able to like finesse his way out of situations yeah, where he has to. Natalie always has the words. She, <laughs> she read the dictionary as a child because she always like haze was the word I was looking for. Finesse is the word I was looking for. Yeah. He, Thank you. Yeah. He always just kind of like squirms out yeah. of having to like take a stance, which is probably a easier way for him to live you know but there's some uh, there's some times where like I wish that he would because of the power that he could have for good yeah that's the thing I'm not I'm not I don't need him like and, and again like I think back to like 2020 and the politics and all that stuff and he spoke up a little bit you know and he kind of like got involved with some things but um there are certain things I think that somebody like him due to his stature and, and how much of a positive influence he could make. I do wish sometimes he would say a little bit more, but yeah, that's why he's Tom Brady. Cause he's the greatest at everything. Even the they, greatest at getting out of, is that like all up his teammates are obsessed with him? Like, and you know, you know what also we never talked about really quick and is that he's best friends with Michael Strahan, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. And they have a company together and it's like, and, but Michael Strahan is very vocal on thought in things. And like everybody just like, is is okay that Tom Brady and he's really good friends with Venus, um, Venus Serena Williams and her husband. Um, like it's just interesting. Like they're all obsessed with him and they're all these friends, but like they're okay the fact that he kind of just boop, 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 finesses around things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, people he's friends with are so vocal and take such big stands, and and they're always like on each other's socials and and you know. Um, Alexis, uh, yeah, Alexis, uh, Serena's husband, like, just bought him this pre- Like, it's just fascinating to me, but he just, like, he just makes it happen. But back to the the thing about the Eagles really quick is that, like, it's in this weird haze. I do say at least we're not the Texans. The Texans have it the worst. Oh, they're awful you know, right like, now. Not only did they lose J.J. Watt, which was literally their god. Yes. He literally held, I mean, all going back, they even lost James Harden. But like James Harden was never even revered as much as J.J. Watt was. I mean, J.J. Watt, they carried him around in a cloud of, you know, just just they loved him so much. But then obviously, the Desha- like Houston thought they had Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt. Like they thought- yeah like set up and then all hell broke loose so I do really feel for Houston but I'm very 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 glad we're not Houston yeah um, and like the Packers like it's kind of annoying like they won and I'm happy for the box we didn't talk about that like I really am because I love Giannis and I and I'm happy and he's funny and I love the video of him even though Chick-fil-a hates the gays I love him the video of him going to Chick-fil-a and he like and he asked the girl if it was okay to put her on camera. Like, I know. he was just like, he was so sweet. And, um, and I'm I want to try that drink. I want to try the half lemonade and half Sprite. Yeah. I bet you that's really good. It probably is good. good. Yeah. But like, so 
and so like Milwaukee won, like they, the Packers, like the, whatever it's fine. Um, but it'll, it's just going to be interesting. I don't know. There's just this weird vibe for this season. And like, I really do like, I want Carson to be great because I want him to prove every, all the haters wrong. Yes. And so it doesn't mean like I'm a Carson. I was never like obsessed with Carson Wentz. It was just, there was always something about him that I felt like he had it and I just want to be right. And so we'll see, but I also like, I want Jalen Hurts to be good. Like I want the Eagles to be good. I just, I just don't know. I, again, I'm just so disheartened. Yes. I'm just so disheartened by what the organization has done. Like I'll forever bleed green. I cannot not. I mean, I feel like I literally like would have to move out of the city of Philadelphia to even become a fan of another team. Look, I technically have a blue tint on my veins. You, you do? <laughs> Some people have a green tint. I have a blue tint. It's very weird. Oh, is, is my, I think mine might, I'm not even kidding. I think mine's green. I think it is. Cause you look better in warm colors. I feel like. Yeah. Mine's, de- mine's definitely, <laughs> mine's definitely green. So I definitely bleed green, but um, no, I just like, but then you know it's kind of like my religion we I've talked about this before how this was something I was born into and not that I chose and would I change it for the world after all the heartache I'd like to say no I wish I had the ability to I know I know I I just can't oh my god I'm I'm like dreading I'm like dreading it because I, I I don't know if I could do I don't know if I could do another season like we had last year how about I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to yeah, is I keep thinking and about we'll be like, talking about it for my new job. Yeah, Um, I I keep thinking about how we're gonna have to suffer through Nick Sirianni's press conferences. Oh my god! Like, Yo, dude. Okay, so we're gonna. Yeah, we just tried it. We tried. It. Just didn't have. Like, I just I want to try to be positive, but I'm just. just no, it's hard. It's hard. I, you know what it is? It's like I feel like the person I love the most like let me down and like just keeps letting yeah. me down. After. I think that's what it is. <gasps> Wait, we're like J-Lo and like we're pissed that A-Rod was like DMing a reality star. Yeah. So now we're like, we want to move on. Yes. So we're going back to Carson because we want to do <laughs> Is Carson or Ben Affleck? I don't know. I mean, 2017 he was. <laughs> Maybe. He might be. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But in the meantime, let's go Colts. Let's. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> He's so cute. How about he got I know. that he was back? So I know they're like they're like the Eagles, Eagles Central team. I used to say that like the LA Kings were Flyers West. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not in the same division, so it's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yes. Um, on that note, all right. So we have our book club that we're gonna start. Yes. So we're put that on Instagram, follow the lipstick league. Please, please, please leave us a review. We would love it. Um, and yeah. Anything else that you want us to chit chat about or talk about? Um, again, we're trying to get some fun, more guests on and uh, we're going to have, so my announcement was obviously a funny fake announcement, but Natalie's real announcement is coming. So that's going to be super fun. So yeah, excited. it's coming and everything's going to be great. And we're going to continue to do all thing here on the lipstick league where sports and pop culture come to play. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Mwah. Mwah.